0: The view is that if Bermuda had the ability to rank crypto companies back in 2018, we wouldn't be in the position where we are right now. But that is a challenge. It is not just unique to Bermuda, which is seen in many places, but countries are required to find solutions to problems. And our solution could be to wait, 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 or to look at another way to attack and address the problem. And that's the way in which we decided to attack the problem. <music>
1: Hello, I'm Stan Stalnaker, back with another episode of the Hub Culture Chronicles. Joining us today for a conversation about the future of fintech is the Premier of Bermuda, David Burt. Premier Burt, how are you today?
0: I'm lovely, thank you, Stan. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. It's bright and early here with the chickens uh, where I am. Uh, And for you, it's afternoon in Bermuda. How are things going over in my favorite place in the
0: Atlantic? Uh, Things are a little bit tough right now, but um, as we press forward, uh, you know, the ongoing battle with variants uh, that all governments are dealing with is uh, not fun. But I have no doubt that Bermuda will persevere as we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world and we're continuing to push them out. I think we administered doses to just under 10 percent of our population last week alone. So we are pushing right ahead. You guys
1: are moving fast with the vaccine and you've also had some pretty innovative programs around uh, the time of the the pandemic, looking at remote working and different ways to uh, manage the virus that has been very successful. But I think this is built on something that's unique to you, which is a, a background in technology. And with that background in technology has come a perspective from Bermuda about the world of financial technology. Could you tell us a little bit about Bermuda strategy
0: in fintech? Certainly. Um, our strategy in fintech is to build on uh, what we've already done so well. And one of the things which we've done so well is when we look at what we've been able to do with the insurance market globally. Bermuda is known as a world's risk capital. Uh, it is a center of innovation for insurance, which is a very important part of financial services and the view uh, which we took, spurred, of course, uh, by your inspiration, Um, at our uh, chat in 2017, just so I got elected, was to also make sure that we become a home for innovation for digital assets and what the future of digital assets are. So that's how Bermuda is looking to position itself. Uh, We take what has worked very well of our ability to manage uh, the risks when dealing with insurance and transferring those to managing a different type of uh, financial service, which is the digital assets, um, I would say, the entire digital assets umbrella. And so that is the direction which we wish to go, and we hope that people will innovate from our shores and do things in a country where the government is fully committed to working with companies to show what is possible in the world of digital assets.
1: Well, we all know that there is a a world emerging in digital assets. The the market capitalization has uh, doubled from one to $2 trillion just this year alone. Over the last few years, Bermuda has really distinguished itself in this area as a leading destination for fintech and these digital asset businesses, and it's very interesting because beyond the legislation, there's other things that the country has been doing. What is it that Bermuda's really doing to attract and
0: engage these new types of businesses? Well, our form of attraction, I would say, is by demonstrating what we do so well. And so Bermuda has adjusted strategy because Bermuda cannot be all things to all people. And we recognize the difficulty of becoming licensed in a very high, uh, I would say, a very strict regulator, which is our Bermuda Monetary Authority. So there's three tiers of licensing. We had the full tier, which is someone, a very fully established company that uh, knows what it's doing, has all its ducks in a row and is ready to proceed through a very rigorous licensing process for a full license. And those would be the companies like Circle and uh, Bittrex. Uh, Then we have what is called a modified license, which are companies that can be inside of our uh, sandbox Uh, per se. And these are companies that um, are still uh, getting up to speed on their full digital offering, but are still allowed to uh, service clients and make sure with a higher degree of monitoring for the community monitor authority. But from the feedback of where we're looking at, insofar as we wanted this jurisdiction to be a place where you could test out uh, goods and uh, services, what we've done is that we've also introduced another class of license, and that class of license is the test license. And our test license is for companies who are just looking to test just that and so the barrier to entry is low it's a thousand dollars for the fee you still get to participate in the sandbox and still get access to the regulator but it's not as though if you were serving a wide variety of customers so it means that you can innovate more quickly have access have those discussions with the regulator work with other companies that are in bermuda inside the sandbox to build on those ideas so you can move from a test license into a full sandbox license and then going all the way to a full license if you uh if the business develops in the way in which you thought it would be. And it actually makes sense.
1: So this is a pretty interesting approach where you have like different approaches for the different types of businesses that could be working in in this area. Are you seeing innovation? I know that Bermuda was one of the very first places in the world to look at accepting um, U.S.-backed stable coins for activity within the country and there's been a lot of work around digital identity and, and other areas within Bermuda. Are you seeing the kind of fruits of this in terms of the companies? I know that many companies have now um, set up within Bermuda and have been developing things. Where are the most interesting areas that you're seeing in this
0: category? Well, I think we look at the quality of the companies that we have and we look at the things in which the companies are doing. So whether you look at a circle and the items of which they're doing from the Bermuda platform, uh, you know, they've they've adjusted their strategy when they first came in, you know, they were in exchange and other things. And now they've adjusted their strategy focusing on USDC. Or if you look at companies like Bittrex, where they have, you know, one of the first companies to actually do tokenized stock listings. They did that underneath their license, and they were able to put that forward. So you will see that type of innovation and it's this kind of merging between the traditional financial services and the new age financial services. And the fact that we have a regulator that understands those things and allows companies to go ahead and uh, to push the envelope to offer services from a jurisdiction like ours. So I think that the innovation is certainly happening. And I think that you're seeing more and more of it uh, take place with the companies that are inside of our space. The fact is the companies are growing. So, you know, they're growing out of their existing offices, they're hiring more people, they're taking on additional items. And that helps certainly when the uh, crypto markets are certainly buoyed, as you had mentioned, and you know, doubling of the market cap uh, within a year. So that allows there to be a lot more, um, I guess I would say the ability of these companies to also continue to invest.
1: Well, and it's certainly true now that the institutional legacy companies and just, you know, even central banks around the world are now looking at this area and how they can use it for themselves. It feels to me like you're describing Bermuda a little bit as a bridge between these new kind of frontier technologies and the legacy infrastructure of the financial system, which in a way is something that Bermuda has always done. You mentioned at the beginning of our chat, um, the bridging that Bermuda has done in the global insurance markets. And and for those who don't know, the reinsurance markets were practically invented in Bermuda. And so it's very interesting that like the country is continuing to look forward in building these new bridges around um, these, these categories. Premier, let's shift to another area. The global financial system is more connected and intertwined than ever. And there are lots of ways that companies work to try to maintain competitive advantage globally. Recently, there have been discussions happening among the G20 about the idea of global tax minimums in some respects a response to the money that needs to be raised in the wake of the pandemic and other corporate tax structures that could affect Bermuda. Are you thinking about how Bermuda can use its own blue chip standing and this kind of bridge capability to become more attractive to big global businesses that are affected by these international trends?
0: Uh, certainly. I think that the Bermuda strategy has certainly already adjusted. And so you look at the fact that the latest um, moves by the OECD are just following on moves that have been done over the past you know, 10 or 12 years when dealing with you know base erosion and profit shifting. And so, when you look at economic substance, which is the latest set of rules which came to place about two years ago, uh, we've already seen a shift with companies that are putting more substance in Bermuda, more employees, you know, more boots on the ground in order to comply with those new and never changing regulations. So, I think that Bermuda prides itself as being a very transparent jurisdiction where we like to say that we're a wonderful place to raise capital, but a terrible place to hide it. And that is the way that we will continue to be. And so, we've been buffeted by lots of these external trends up before. But the one thing that Bermuda has that a lot of jurisdictions don't have is that we do have substance. You look at our insurance industry. I mean, there are buildings, there are people, there's mine management control that are all here, that are all doing uh, that particular work. And many of our insurance companies elect to be uh, U.S. taxpayers because they're not here just for the tax benefits. They're here to access a regulator that allows them to have speed to market in their financial products that they're offering to the world.
1: Yeah, and and quite crucially, to be able to operate and um, think globally from from Bermuda. I think that's one of the other benefits that doesn't um, always get talked about that Bermuda's just general structure, whether it's like IP or um, other types of like kind of legal frameworks are widely exportable due to the the British Commonwealth and the fact that 44 countries essentially operate under very similar types of capability, which makes it possible to think and act globally from, from one location in Bermuda. Speaking of that, what about the international banking situation? I know it's been evolving, and have you been thinking of a kind of new vision for the
0: future of banking related to the island? Absolutely. I think that one of, uh, we were re-elected in October, and one of our main platform planks was the formation of a national digital bank, and this was um, a a government-supported bank that allowed us to make sure that we could have more independence when it comes to financial services and uh, the new technologies uh, which are on offer. And so our banks are constrained We use their existing correspondent banking relationships, and we do not begrudge them for that at all. That's something that a lot of uh, banks, and I know that lots of companies have experienced globally, but we feel if we want to make sure that we can set ourselves apart, that we need to establish new banking relationships through a government-supported uh, entity. And that's the direction in which we're going. So the Ryuta National Digital Bank, Uh, The business plan is currently being worked on right now. We're looking at uh, partnering with existing banks that are inside of the crypto space or crypto friendly as we look to provide additional uh, means of value transfer from within Bermuda. Otherwise, and the benefits uh, not only to our crypto companies that are here, but also to our local, I would say, entrepreneurs will be something that it would be of great benefits when our entrepreneurs here get to see the types of access that people in other countries have to, you know, I can call it FinTech 1.0, even where we're talking about Stripe and PayPal, Venmo, and those things, which we don't have access to due to the different, um, I would say, intersections and different fiat on-ramps is the challenge of which we're trying to make sure that we solve.
1: That's really fascinating. I don't know of another place that is actually building a national digital bank. It it sounds like a bank for the the 21st century.
0: There's no question. It is a bank for the 21st century. It's a bank for the future of Bermuda. It's a bank to ensure that we can continue to uh, meet the challenges of the ever-changing global landscape and be nimble. Just as we're able to put together a digital asset business within uh, six months of us launching our task force in dealing with and how we're going to examine looking at digital assets, it's the exact same way that we need to be nimble when it comes to the supporting rails uh, for those businesses. The view is that if Bermuda had the ability to rank crypto companies back in 2018, we wouldn't be in the position where we are right now. But that is a challenge. It is not just unique to Bermuda, which is seen in many places, but companies, countries are required to find solutions to problems. And our solution could be to wait, 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 or to look at another way to attack and address the problem. And that's the way in which we decided to attack the problem.
1: Well, when you won won re-election recently, it was a, a very... Essentially, overwhelming uh, vote of confidence from the country and the people of the country mm-hmm. in the the direction that you're taking the um, Bermuda, and this sense of f- futurism, I, I would say, is palpable on the island, and uh, it's really exciting to see our home because Hub Culture was established and founded in Bermuda back in 2006, and watching just how aggressive. Uh, Bermuda has become in building for the future has been exciting and it's been great for us to be part of that. So, you know, we definitely want to thank you and acknowledge your leadership there because it makes it possible and enjoyable for us to be headquartered there and to be able to spend time in Bermuda. I still think it's the most beautiful place on earth. (laughs) Tell me, what does the rest of your year look like um, in Bermuda as the country reopens and sort of gears for a new world, really, of tourism and visitors coming to the island. The main uh, season is usually in the summer, but obviously people enjoy Bermuda year-round. But it has been a very difficult and challenging year for everybody, especially for leisure locations or um, beautiful locations like Bermuda. Fortunately, I I think that the early days of the, the pandemic saw really decisive action, which had a huge impact. But as we go into the world of vaccines. Do you have a thought about how the rest of the year could look in Bermuda?
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's a challenge. And the reason why I say it's a challenge is because the, I would say, the prevailing government policy on dealing with the virus um, has to be nimble to change with the fact that the virus is changing. And I think that's an experience that Bermuda's had right now where we're dealing with um, a very stubborn B one one seven variant. And so from that perspective, we need to, I think it's important for all countries to uh, take a stock and adjust. Bermuda is going to be adjusting its strategy. Bermuda is going to be a place that is going to be welcome to immunize travelers. Uh, travelers that are not immunized, but they be returning residents or visitors, are going to be subject to mandatory periods of quarantine. Um, and those mandatory periods of quarantine are to battle against the introduction of new variants into our shorts. But immunized travelers, when they come to the country, will still have to test to ensure that they may not be carrying a variant. Um, You know, an immunized traveler could be immunized, but could uh, pick up a variant which may happen to um, evade. And we have um, our testing regimes that have to be able to pick up these uh, new and emerging variants. So uh, there's a number of things, certainly, which uh, must be done. And we're going to continue to push and to speak about how that can work in the new age. But I think it's important in all countries we have to deal with this. Uh, We look at the various strategies that different countries have employed, and you have to change and adjust to the times. Last year, we had a wonderful summer. We had a very strict test regime. It worked for the most part. It limits it. But, you know, the summers are different. Summer, people are outside, sunlight, all the rest. There's less virus transmission. But as you move into the winter months and where people are inside more, that, of course, changes. So from us, um, it's just important that we have to recognize the changing nature of the virus and adjust our policies that way. Nonetheless, Bermuda will be open for business. There will be people that are visiting Bermuda. We are expecting to have a very robust tourism season, have new hotels opening, and we're just going to continue along that path.
1: You know, you guys recently opened a new airport, probably the only place in the world that I know that could open a new airport in the middle of a pandemic and do so successfully. But that beautiful new airport is up and running now. And, you know, as you think about um, the longer term vision for Bermuda, and as we get ready to wrap up here in the next couple of minutes, could you leave us with a vision of like, you know, maybe inspiration? Because there are many countries in the world who are Trying to figure out how to compete and how to essentially be nimble in a world that is changing so quickly, right? It feels like the biggest players' um, scale and power, it almost tends to like compound capabilities, which makes it difficult for almost everybody else. You see this like kind of winner take all capability in tech, but it also feels in a way like countries um, are acting like this too. But for many countries, there's 180 so countries around the world, this idea of like being nimble and figuring out how to prosper is like the overwhelming question of the age. What advice would you give for other leaders who are thinking about how to manage nimbleness in in their country, as you think about your vision for Bermuda, and can you kind of close us out here with your vision of a successful
0: Bermuda? What I would say, is that you have to be nimble with the times. And this pandemic has presented itself enormous challenges. Um, and it's enormous challenges, not just due to the misinformation that is around, but the, the question that cut, cuts the core of people's survival and existence, the ability to work, the ability to see their families, the ability to do things, the ability to have freedoms of which we accepted as just a part of our lives. And there's difficult. Uh, what I would say is for leaders and learning from my experience is that um, there's a certain level of humility that's required, but there's a certain level of patience that's required to continue to make sure that you take the time to express the facts and lay those out to uh, the public. You are certainly going to have to be nimble and don't be afraid you know, to say that you know, our strategy that we had is not working and we need to adjust. And so I think that's key. It's not easy. But I think what's important is that what this pandemic will do is will strengthen regional and global cooperation. It has to, and we're seeing that just amongst the uh, Caribbean overseas territories, where you know we're trying to make sure that our health ministers are speaking about the different things which they're trying in their jurisdictions to make sure that we get to um, a, a better, I would say, a better place regionally. So that perspective is that I'll say I'll say patience, uh, clear communication, and uh, making sure people actually understand what's going on, because I think that's the most important thing. Thank you, Premier.
1: That's really uh, actually
0: very inspiring and practical advice.
1: Um, I think something that you're known for. We really thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today for the Chronicles and wishing you well. Looking forward to seeing you this summer for a nice, dark, and stormy um, on island and um, hopefully enjoying some of those beautiful Bermuda sunsets that um, I, I love so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me and I look forward to seeing you when you come Bermuda, Sand. Take care. Bum 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 bum